This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friend James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com carries seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, and with Crypto Wednesdays, James Bean's vault, and the Easy Peasy credit card checkout, you cannot go wrong with SeedsHereNow.com. All right, here we go. Welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 738 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on a grow question about flowering our plants outdoors. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those kind folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Caribou Heart TV. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Single T. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Danny Potts. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Rut Row and Canna Reaper. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Pack Northwest Dan. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Choke Norris. I want to send a Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to our buddy Spartan420. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Captain Mojo. I want to send a thank you shout out to our dude Frankie. Let's send a big high five and a thank you shout out to Rasta Green Thumb. I want to send a special thank you shout out to my buddy Sam Heads. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Thor's Trike Factory. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends to support the show. Speaking of Patreon, I did have the honor, the privilege, the pleasure, uh, whatever other P-starting words you want to throw in there, to record a Patreon podcast with my buddy Mike. That's right. It was an honor, a privilege, a privileged Patreon podcast, if you will. I'm just exaggerating. Now, I did record a Patreon-only podcast with my buddy Mike. Mike came over uh, recently. We sat here for two or three hours. We ate a bunch of edibles, and we did a podcast. We uh, we did not cover any Grow Talk. We made sure not to cover Grow Talk. I don't want to waste Grow Talk on the Patreon-only episodes. Uh, If you are watching this, check out the Patreon episode where Mike and I eat some edibles. We get lit. If you're not already on the Patreon, now is the time to join the Patreon. Mike and I do eat 100 milligrams of edibles. We smoked a lot of dabs, smoked a lot of flour. Mike got a little quiet toward the end of the show. I was super lit. It was a good time. That will be a Patreon-only episode. My point is, we did not do any grow content in that episode because I've promised the listeners that I will keep grow grow content free. I want everybody to be able to grow the best product we possibly can grow. Medical patients need the best product. Recreational consumers need the best product. You need to be able to grow the best. I don't want to put that behind a paywall. I want the grow lessons, the education to be free. So what we did was we gave the patrons a bonus episode of just hanging out, getting lit, kind of connecting with us, chilling out. I think it was a good time. I hope you will enjoy it. If you watch that, please send me some feedback because we want to do more of those episodes. Once again, thank you to Mike for popping in and doing the Patreon episode. And I do encourage you, invite you, uh, implore you. Is that the word I'm looking for? 
go check out the Patreon and check out the video that I recorded with Mike. It will be up. I will be up at the beginning of the month of May. The patrons for the month of May will get that video. I'm going to try to provide a Patreon video once a month. It may contain Mike. It may just be me. It may be other people. Who knows what could happen? Send me your ideas. All right, let's quit rambling about Patreon. I said that I've got a grow question here in front of me. Um, outdoor season is quickly coming upon us. People are setting up their plants indoors. A lot of people at least are vegging their plants indoors. They're going to veg indoors. Um, if you're doing it correctly, last year you root, ran some seeds or got some clones or got a plant from somebody. Then you grew that and you made sure that it is quality. If you grew, grew from seed, hopefully you eliminated the boys, you eliminated anything intersex, you eliminated anything problematic, and you have found a gem of a keeper that you want to put outside this year. So you've done your research, done your work, you've got a quality plant to put outside. Now people are vegging those. They, some people have been vegging since January. They started their clone, their seed, however they wanna do it since January. It's getting big, they've now sexed it, they've made sure it's a female, they've got a clone of it, they know what they've got. It's getting bigger and bigger. They're gonna put it outside pretty soon. I'm going to see on social media a lot of people saying that they put their plants outside and immediately when they put them outside, they went into flower and they're going to go into flower too early. Then those plants are going to go back into veg. They're going to continue a little bit of a veg cycle. Then once they get settled into that veg phase, mother nature out there is going to adjust to the actual flowering cycle. Then they will want the plants to go into flower. They'll go into flower and they're going to be weird. They're going to be upset. They're not going to be the quality which they could have been if we timed this better, if we understood what was going on. What's going to happen? A lot of people are going to take their plants from their grow room where they're giving them 18 hours of light, 18 and six, maybe more, maybe 24 hours of light. And they're getting a direct light from an LED or an HPS, or maybe it's just a T5, but they're getting a lot of direct light out there and they're not getting any stressors. And you're giving them a solid light schedule. And you're going to take them outside because you think by looking at the sun and the sky that we're getting more than 12 hours of light outside. So those plants should continue to veg outdoors is what a lot of people think. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And that is because of a couple of factors. I do have an email that I want to read. This will set me up to get further into this topic. I may skim through this because there's a lot of this email. It's not all necessary. Um, our friend is as long-winded as myself here. So let me try to edit this and we'll make something out of this message. It says, bro, I really appreciate the way you do what you do. You are a positive light and you are contagious. Um, that is awesome. Somebody taught me a long time ago that smiles are contagious. Uh, somebody also taught me that uh, don't complain because nobody gives a shit and it makes people just not want to be around you. So try to smile, try to have the good vibes, especially when a camera's on. There's no reason to come on a camera when I'm in a bad mood, not having a good vibe. Uh, I do have uh, bad days. Shit does happen in my life. I just don't share that with the world. There's no need to put that shit out there. Uh, just shed love and light. So thank you. I'm glad that you noticed that. I'm glad you like the way I do what I do uh, because I'm just doing it the way I know how to do it. I couldn't change it if I tried. So thank you. It goes on. It says you are an extremely thorough. You are extremely thorough in the way you teach. That's why I'm pretty stoked. And I think I might have something for you to riff on here and pretty much never gets covered by anybody. That is, uh, I've read this email. You are very correct. This does not get covered by a lot of people. A lot of people don't understand uh, this concept, this phenomena here. Is it a phenomenon, a phenomena? Um, I should have did that research. Should have learned the words, right? I speak a lot of English. I should know the words. Uh, but anyway, uh, you're right. Nobody does talk about this a lot. So, uh, and I appreciate that you think I am a thorough teacher. Sometimes people say that I will uh, repeat myself and beat a subject into the ground too many times. 
That's because there are different types of learners. Some people learn visually, some people learn hands-on, some people learn by being told, some people have to have the combination of all three, some people need shit literally beaten into them. So I try to approach a topic multiple different directions, give a few different ways to learn the same thing because there are a lot of people watching the show and a lot of people learning from, uh, they have different learning styles. I wanna make sure to get everybody. I know that stoners have ADD. Uh, We all, we didn't like school because we had somebody just lecturing us about some shit we didn't care about, but we all like to learn. We're passionately curious about stuff we care about. I just didn't care about a lot of the shit in school. I am rambling. This goes on. It says, I want to say something about the process by which cannabis plants transition themselves from a vegetative stage to a flowering stage outdoors. That is a very good uh, conversation to be had at this time of year. It says, I think, and he has think in capital letters, I think it is right to call this thing that happens as a trait, just like the flowering time is a trait that can vary between sisters. The flower trigger event varies greatly as well from plant to plant. This is my experience anyway. Typically, the equatorial sativa sativa dominant varietals can be put up to a month earlier than your indica heavy varietals with no chance of early flower and a resulting reveg, but not always. So this is a great topic. If you haven't followed along to what this person is saying, they are addressing the fact that um, some plants, so there are traits in our plants. Let me back up and cover a couple of things that he said. Uh, Aroma is a trait of the plant. Potency is a trait of the plant, a characteristic, an attribute of that plant. Flowering time is a trait of the plant. There's a thing that we haven't talked about a lot in uh, the podcast space, which is called the critical period. Critical period is also a trait within the plant. I agree with you. I believe, I think that you are correct that what is known as the critical period is a trait for each plant. And what my friend is talking about is when we put some plants outside, they will flower sooner than other plants put outside. If you put a heavy indica plant and a heavy sativa plant outside, they will begin to flower at different times because those plants are from different parts of the world. So uh, in one part of the world, they, they had more light. In the other part of the world, it got dark sooner and those plants just adapted to that environment. Uh, evolution did that. That was just years and years of evolution of the plant. Maybe it was breeding, maybe it was evolution. Uh, That's why we've got autoflower plants. Autoflowers naturally happened. If you think about in Alaska, there are time periods for months and months and months where they don't get dark, but these plants are growing and the plants finally said, hey, I'm just going to fucking flower. You're not going to give me any dark time. I'm just going to flower. I'm I'm tired of growing. Uh, A cannabis plant's main goal is to reproduce. The main goal of our cannabis plant, its goal, not our goal, we prevent this from happening. The cannabis plant's main goal is to produce a seed, drop that seed into the ground to continue its generation next year, its life next year, the next filial generation. We interrupt that process by pulling all the males out there. We don't allow the pollination. We don't allow the seeds to happen. But a cannabis plant's main goal is to get pollinated. The female's main goal is to get pollinated. The main, the male's main goal is to shoot that pollen. Just like people, one of our main goals is to fucking procreate. That plant will do everything it can to procreate. Like they say in Jurassic Park, life will find a way. Life does find a way. So we had these plants in Alaska. Not we, they, them, somebody. There were plants in Alaska. They were growing. It never got dark. These plants went, hey, it's not going to get dark. You want to flower? And they had a meeting and they just fucking decided to flower. And through years and years of evolution, those plants just learned that it's not going to get dark. We got to do it on our own. That's how we got auto flower plants. So that is a trait. All of our cannabis plants have a similar trait, which is known, I'm circling back as the critical period. What am I talking about the critical period? 
The critical period is the amount of continuous dark hours that it would take to trigger our plant into a flowering phase. Now, most of us are going to say that's 12 hours, right? Well, kind of, but the plants weren't naturally doing 12 hours of darkness and they would flower. That's what we're doing indoors because that's what worked with the equipment that we had, the lights we were working with, the plants that we happened to have. Our forefathers, my uncles, uh, maybe my uncle's uncles, probably my uncles were the guys responsible for selecting all of those plants. And they realized we've got to force them to flower by putting them in darkness. So they probably just reduced the light. They're like, well, let's give it four hours and never flower. They gave it six. It didn't flower. Eventually somebody realized when I give it 12, it flowers every time. Now, did we select plants that flower under that? Did we breed at that? Or is that a natural thing? That's uh, So these plants, if we leave them outdoors, this is where this is going. If we put these plants outdoors, the plants are going to flower at different times. That would happen. You'll see it happen naturally indoors, but it's not as drastic because we've bred these plants to all be grown indoors under these indoor conditions. And we've kind of bred the plants to work with the rooms now. We don't make the rooms work for the plants. We've got so many varieties and so many different things in the room that we're breeding the plants to work for the rooms. We need the plants to work in 74 to 84 degrees with like 30 to 70% humidity. I know it's a huge range, but that's what we're breeding them for to work in those environments. So Something that naturally happens with the plants is outdoors, uh, so, and all of the plants, indoors and outdoors, you'll see it indoors not as drastically. If you put a strong indica and a strong sativa next to each other and put them on 12-12 lighting, they will flower at different rates. You'll notice the indica plant kicks into flower a little bit sooner. That sativa plant takes a little bit longer to kick into flower, but once it does, it really gets going. Then it takes 16 weeks to finish. That indica plant will be done eight or nine weeks. That's a trait, and that is a critical, it's called the critical period, the amount of darkness which it takes to trigger that plant into flower. Some plants will go into flower with 13 hours of darkness. DJ Short teaches us to do 11 on, 13 off. Some plants will go into flower with 14 hours of darkness. Uh, some of them will go with 10. Just we've done all the breeding to where most of the plants work with 12, 12. Also, they'll work with 11, 13 either direction. Now, let's talk about outdoors. Outdoors, we have some anomalies. I, we've all noticed this. We look outside, we got our clock, we got our timer, we got our watch, we see the sun come up, it was seven o'clock. We see the sun go down, it's 8.30. We're obviously getting more than 12 hours of daylight outside. We're getting 14 or 15 hours, so it is safe to put our plants out there. A lot of people move the plants out there. They think it's warm enough. If you're in Colorado, wait a little longer, it's gonna hail on you, you're gonna get your plants beat to shit. A lot of people are gonna go out early. That's what's gonna happen. They're gonna say, I've got 14 hours of daylight. After those plants are outside for a few days, they are going to begin to flower and people are going to be very confused. There are a few things that are happening here. First of all, you just went from an 18.6 or a 24-hour light cycle straight outside to less lighting. The plants are confused. They're going to go into flower. Kind of stressed them out, kind of shocked them. They're flowering. That's just how they, they want to survive. They're going, something's wrong. We better flower. Like they just want to procreate before the end of the world. They think the world might end. They're just trying to get get pregnant or make something pregnant at that very last opportunity. So that is why they start flowering possibly. You just went from that indoor light cycle to the outdoor light cycle. It's so different, they freaked out. Here's another thing that is happening. We are thinking we're getting 14 hours of light. However, when the sun sets, as the sun begins to set, you may see this with your eye. You may not see this with your eye. You may notice that the sky gets a little bit orange, a little bit red as the sun sets. So as the sun sets, it puts off a red spectrum, which is known as far red. And that spectrum tells the plants it is time to go to sleep. That triggers something within the plant called phytochrome red. 
And that phytochrome red is basically the way that the far red and phytochrome uh, work together when they touch, that is basically NyQuil or Ambien for your plants. It goes night night bitches and they go, oh look, far red, let's trigger phytochrome. And then they go to sleep. It just puts the plants to sleep. So that triggers them to go to sleep earlier than when that darkness happens. In the indoor grow, unless you've got one of those new lights with the far red lighting, which they just uh, started adding a couple of years ago, big up to that. But until then, we did not have far red lighting indoors. So we had to turn off the light. And at that point, the plants were not asleep. It takes them an hour or two to actually fall asleep completely and begin their dark cycle. Uh, the night cycle process takes a little bit to kick in. So they couldn't kick that in until an hour or two after we actually put them to sleep. Okay, I do apologize. I was interrupted by a delivery. I am back on track now. I do not remember where I was. I know I was talking about phytochrome red. I was talking about the different plants going into flower at different rates. I'm not exactly sure. So we're gonna jump in right here. A lot of people are growing sativas. A lot of people are growing indicas. Most people are growing straight hybrids at this point. Uh, most of your sativas are gonna take 16 weeks-ish to fill, to finish out. If they're a real, that's what I mean by a sativa. Most of your indica stuff is your eight or nine, maybe, maybe the 10 weeker stuff with that big fat leaf. That's the indica stuff. You're gonna notice that some of those plants will go into flower earlier outdoors and some will go into flower later outdoors. That is called the critical period. You've got to get that critical period of the right amount of darkness for each plant. And that's going to be dependent on where that plant came from. Where did the parent plants come from? Which part of the world did that plant start from? Now with all the breeding, uh, you've got plants that are, they got parents from all over the place. So it just kind of depends on which phenotype it leans toward. I do have some notes. I want to make sure I get onto all of my notes here because I haven't looked at my notes at all. I've just been talking off the top of my head. Uh, what we are talking about here is the critical period. Uh, this could be very different between different phenotypes. If you've got a pack of seeds and you put them outside, one may flower much earlier than the other. That is just different phenotypes. That is expression. That's all about uh, the genetic location and origin of that plant. That's what I was just talking about. Where did that plant come from? If you've got a plant that came from Alaska, it may auto flower on you. Some plants may flower as soon as you give them a little bit of darkness. Some may need a lot more darkness to trigger into flower. That's just gonna be genetics. That's just like a lot of other parts of our plants. Sometimes the plants want more CalMag. Sometimes they want more nitrogen. Sometimes they need more dark, period. That's how we've got auto flower plants. I touched on that at the beginning. Uh, they're auto flower plants because up in Alaska, it just wasn't getting dark up there in certain parts of Russia. It wasn't getting dark. So the plants were just like, Hey, we got to do something, dude, or we're just not going to be able to get to the party. And they wanted to party just like we all do. Uh, we chose 12, 12 because, uh, that seems to be what works for most plants. Like I touched on a minute ago, you can do 11, 13, either direction, 11 on, 11 off, 13 on, 13 off. As long as you got a 24 hour light cycle right there, you could do 11, 13. Uh, I've seen 10, 14, both directions. It's all about trying it with your plants and what works best for your plants. You guys, you've heard me talk about switching my light cycle to 18, six at the end. Don't be afraid. Um, a lot of people think that when I talk about experimenting with my plants, I'm talking about doing this in like a 25 by 25 room with fucking 25 lights in there. That's not how I do it. When I'm doing experiments, I do it in a little teeny tiny space where I can't ruin a whole bunch of shit at one time. So get one light and a few plants and just experiment with those. We're not going to get better. We're not going to learn anything. We're not going to advance, improve, uh, 
if we don't practice, try, and fail. You've got to have some failures and some successes to become better at anything. If it's growing weed, if it's skateboarding, if it's playing music, if it's karate, if it's ballet, uh, whatever you're doing, you've got to fail a couple of times. I gotta learn everything the hard way. If you don't have some failures, you're not going to learn anything. Do a lot of experiments, try a lot, take a lot of notes, but don't do it in your big space. Do that all in a small space and a small practice area. If you don't practice, if you don't try new shit, you're not gonna learn anything. You've got to fail occasionally. I've done full podcast episodes about mistakes that I've made. Don't be afraid to make some mistakes. All right, there's more to this. I do think that as lighting and equipment evolves, I think that light cycles will evolve as well. I've seen other people playing with different light cycles. Since we're getting the proper light, the proper spectrum, uh, we've got far red lighting, we've got all, we can cover just about any color of lighting, we can replicate it, any color spectrum, we can make that with uh, expensive lighting or affordable lighting. I think as the lighting evolves, so will some of the schedules. We're able to give the plants all the photons, all the energy that it needs, so that'll let it get more sleeping time because it's getting the DLI, which I need to do a podcast about DLI, but that's uh, there's some equations to be done that uh, I don't understand all the math, but I know what it means, if that makes any sense. But with the technology, the plants will be getting their DLI, which means we'll be able to give them uh, maybe longer sleep periods. Um, who knows how it'll work out, but we're gonna learn a lot more with the evolution of technology. I did say that a lot of the gear we have, a lot of the plants we have, a lot of the selections we have now are because of our forefathers who did not have the best technology. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have par meters. They didn't have LED lighting. We've come so far and also they didn't have legalization. We've got legalization on our side. They couldn't even talk about growing weed. If they're gonna grow weed, they didn't have the internet to do research. They didn't have a bro to talk about it. They just had to do it and hope not to get busted and see how it goes and try again. They were learning it all from scratch. We're a little spoiled now. Uh, I like to say we're blessed, we're cheating. Back in the day, you had to be secretive. You didn't have the internet and it was not legal at all. Now we got the fucking internet and it's legal. We are cheating. Uh, but I think there will be a lot of evolution in the technology in the growing in light cycles now that we've got uh, more technology and legalization and the internet on our side. I think I've covered up all of my notes. I talked about far red. I talked about phytochrome red. I said that's basically plant sleeping pills. Let's talk about the opposite end of that spectrum. In the morning, the plant, the sun puts off a bluish colored light. And guess what that one does? That works like an alarm clock. It says, wake up bitches. It is time to get moving. And it wakes up all your plants and they get the day started. That is the blue light that comes from the sunrise. So you get the blue in the sunrise, the red in the sunset. That dictates a lot of the plant's movement and actions through the rest of the day. All right, I think that is all I've got for you for my question about critical period. I know I skipped a lot of this question. Uh, I just used it kind of as a springboard. Big shout out to my friend. Uh, where did he say his name? Oh, my, his name is Taj. Uh, big shout out to my buddy Taj. I do appreciate the great message, the great content. Thank you. If you've got any follow-ups, any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know I would love to hear from you. Everybody out there, my email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me your questions, corrections, comments, concerns, positive feedback. I'd love to hear all of that stuff. Also, make sure you check out the website at iregenetics.com. There's a link to the new and improved and updated Discord server on there. I do invite you to join the new Discord server. If you were on the old Discord. Uh, some things went haywire on there. That server has been, uh, it's no longer an iRegenetics server. It might be running as a different server. Uh, I am not involved in that. That is not me. Join my new real server. There's a link in the show notes and in the video description. All right. I think that is all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my friend James Bean. And until next time, take a fat dab 
and give your mom a hug for me. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friend James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com carries seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, and with Crypto Wednesdays, James Bean's vault, and the Easy Peasy credit card checkout, you cannot go wrong with SeedsHereNow.com.